that, brother. If y'all would turn with me to Matthew chapter 13 this morning. I had planned when I got up here to make a joke about the guitar player. That was a joke enough as it is. Uh, brother Shane convinced me through that song to just instead be in awe of the truth of God's word, the fact that he is the word, that the word is alive, and that what we're hearing today is not, again, I give to you an old story. It's a parable. It's a teaching of Christ that is alive and that he wants to use to affect your heart and impact your life today. And so I pray that we hear his word in that way. We are getting back, uh, looking at the parables this week. If you were with us last week, we were blessed. We had uh, Brother Will Wall and Brother Philip Alford with us for our one-day revival. Brother Will did a wonderful job in preaching the Word of God, and Brother Philip uh, sang lots of songs and did it very well, and we're thankful for them. Today we're looking at our first parable together that isn't an agricultural parable. Actually, we're going to do as we've done a, week, a couple of weeks ago. We're going to look at two parables today. They're given back-to-back, -back and they have the same principal meaning, and they're very short. So we'll look at both the parable of the hidden treasure found in Matthew 13, 44, and then in just a little bit, we'll add to it the parable of the pearl of great value. Look with me at the first one, verse 44. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So here again we see Jesus, he's taking something that people understand, explaining to them something that they don't. In this instance, the thing that they would understand that might seem a little bit foreign to us is treasure hidden in a field. Now why would he use something like that? Because to us, hidden treasure is more the, the thing of myths and fairy tales, right? We think of pirates, we think of treasure chests, we think of... Uh, those sort of things. But for them, it wouldn't have been that far-fetched. You see, in this day and time, there was no state bank, no trust mark, no regions to just run down and put your money in. The banking systems that they did have for the Romans in this day and time were actually the temples to idols and false gods. And what people would do is they would take their money to those temples and the, the priests of whatever idol that temple was for would keep a ledger and they actually kept the money in the basement of these temples to the false idols. Well, we know that a large proponent of Jesus' audience here would be Jewish people. It's very unlikely that any of them used these temples of false idols as banks. And so especially in the case of these people and in the case of whenever war or threat came to people, they would literally take their money and put it in something and go bury it on the family land so that they knew where it was and no one else knew where it was so that it could be safe in case something happened to any of the people of the family. So when they heard this, it wouldn't seem that far-fetched to them. The idea that you might be in a field and for whatever reason digging or walking and somehow come across this treasure that had been hidden. So Jesus says to us that the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, is in some way or in several ways like treasure hidden in a field. And of course the question that we then ask is, in what ways is the kingdom of heaven like treasure that's hidden in the field? I want to give you three ways this morning that I see from this text that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. The first one, the kingdom of heaven is concealed. 
the kingdom of heaven like the treasure is concealed and that seems like a strange thing to say but I want to give you the word that's used here for hidden in verse 44 the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field the definition at the root of that idea hidden is that it's something that's concealed something that is there and available but hidden from plain view right anyone that was searching for it might could find it but it was something that was concealed that would have to be searched for in Colossians chapter 1 verses 24 through 26 say now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you and then listen to what Paul says at the end of verse 25 and 26 to make the word of God fully known the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints Paul refers here in the book of Colossians chapter 1 he refers to the the gospel as we know it the idea of how God would bring about salvation not only for the Jews but for all people he refers to it as a mystery that had been hidden for ages but that has now been revealed to his saints not only in Colossians if you read through Paul's letters in the the letters to the Colossians the Romans the Ephesians the Corinthians the Thessalonians and to Timothy in all six of those letters he refers to the gospel as a mystery the gospel of Jesus Christ is something that's made available but that is concealed in some way it's something that that we have to seek and have God's help to understand it's something that doesn't just come across to everyone because if the gospel of Jesus Christ as valuable and as amazing as it is came across clearly to everyone then our understanding is that all people would be saved but some people either for a reason of not seeing its value or because of having their judgment clouded because of sinful things or because of decisions on their own not everyone perceives the value of the kingdom and so to those people it is concealed and even more than that here in Colossians where it says that it the gospel is the mystery hidden for ages that phrase hidden for ages has the exact same root word as verse 44 when it says like tre treasure hidden in a field so the gospel for a long time was hidden it was concealed just like this treasure was hidden it was concealed and it then at this point I'll give to you the other parable look with me in verse 45 because we see the same idea about this pearl again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it here again we see here's a pearl it was for sale obviously it was made available in some ways but the value of this pearl wasn't just evident to everyone but this man who was specifically looking for this pearl the man that, that when he saw it he understood the value of it it was not concealed to him although it had been concealed to how many merchants that might have come by to him this was the pearl the one pearl it says that he was in search of fine pearls with an S he was looking for pearls but when he found this one he was willing to give up everything else 
in order to obtain this one because this was the needle in the haystack. It was something that had been concealed, but upon finding it was very obvious. The treasure the same way. It was concealed in the field, but when the man found it, it was obvious the value of it. And I pray today that for us that the gospel is the same way. That at some point in our life when we were lost, when we were sinners, the glory of God, the opportunity to be his child, the, the value of being part of the kingdom of heaven was concealed. We didn't understand it. But upon understanding, upon hearing the gospel, upon understanding how lost we were without Christ and what he has offered to us, we understood the value very clearly just as these men did with these things. Which brings us to the second point, the second way that the kingdom of heaven is like this treasure. Point two, the kingdom of heaven is immensely valuable. Just like the treasure was immensely valuable. Worth everything that the man had. Just like the pearl was immensely valuable. Worth everything that the man had. The kingdom of heaven is also immensely valuable. Worth more than everything that we have. And I love the way that Jesus said it. That not only did the man who found the treasure hidden in the field go and sell all that he had in order to buy it. But look at that in verse 44. How is it? In what way is he characterized as going and selling all things? It says, then in his, y'all say it, in his joy. He joyfully, right? It's not reluctantly. It's not okay. If I have to sell everything, I'll sell everything in order to buy this field. No, he sees the value of this treasure, and he knows the value of everything else that he has, and it leads him to joyfully sell all that right this guy feels like he's getting a deal here if all I have to do is sell this in order to get this it's worth it he saw the value of the hidden treasure as soon as he found it the same way the merchant he's looking for fine pearls this is a man that knows about pearls he's looking for them he's a trader of pearls and when he finds this one he says this pearl is worth so much that I'll get rid of everything else and he does it knowing that what he's obtaining is worth more than what he's giving up. And I pray for us again, especially if you're here this morning, and maybe you are lost, that maybe today that you would understand for the first time the value of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I cannot, in the time that we have allotted this morning, give to you all of the things that make being part of the kingdom of heaven valuable. But I would like to highlight for you a few this morning. I know sometimes when a pastor starts doing this sort of thing, and those of you that are Christians and you say, I know these things, you just you want to tune out or start drawing on the children's bulletin, I want you to listen to me for just a minute this morning. I want you to listen, and if you're here and you're a Christian and you've heard this a thousand times, I pray that you hear it fresh and new this morning. I pray that the Lord speaks to your heart and says, this is yours. This is the antique roadshow thing. I'm showing you right here what you already have, but you have just forgotten how valuable it is. Let me show it to you. And if you're here and you don't have this, let me show you what Christ offers to you today. We're talking about taking every single thing that you have ever done wrong and what?
wiping it completely clean from your slate, making you perfect and righteous in the, in the eyes of God. And I want you to think this morning about if you could go to a prison, going to a prison and finding an inmate who has a long rap sheet, who's done so many terrible things, and asking him, Sir, what, how valuable would it be to you this morning if you could have your entire record expunged, everything that you've ever done wrong, completely wiped clean and set free to go as a man who has nothing, no marks on your record? What would that be worth to you? Because in the sense of our sins, that's what we get whenever we become Christians. They're all taken away. In the same way, we know that there's no punishment because the sins are gone. So in God's eyes, we haven't done anything wrong, so there's no punishment for us. So I want you to imagine in the same way, going to a man who's on death row and going to that man and saying, Sir, if somebody else were willing to take your penalty and they were willing to receive the death penalty so that you could go free. And don't let us be fooled this morning into forgetting that that's exactly where we were. As lost people, we were spiritually dead and we were sentenced to hell for all of eternity. That's what we were looking at. And so for somebody to take your place, sir, for them to receive the death penalty and to give you a clean record, and to set you free. Sir, what would that be worth to you this morning? And he'd probably say, it's worth more than everything that I have. I'd give up everything that I've ever had if I could have that this morning. And being part of the kingdom of God means you receive that. Your death sentence doesn't just go away. No, it was paid by Christ on the cross. He took your sins so that they would no longer be on your record. He took your punishment so that you wouldn't have to pay that punishment. All of this is afforded to us as something that we don't have to pay for, something that Christ has already paid for, like a treasure that we stumble across that we can have. But even more than that, because sometimes we can get caught up in all of these things, I also want us to remember this morning that the immense value of being part of the kingdom of heaven is in Jesus Christ himself. He is the treasure. Jesus Christ is the treasure. Jesus Christ is the pearl. It's not all of the things that come with him. He is the thing that makes it most valuable. Getting to be his, getting to know him, getting to be reconciled to him. All of these other things come with it. Freedom from sin comes with it. And having our record made clean comes with it. And freedom from the punishment of death. All of these things come with it. But the greatest value in being a Christian is belonging to Christ and having Christ and being one with Christ. Well, wherever we talk about heaven, wherever you read in Revelation about the new heaven and the new earth, the glory of heaven is not the streets of gold or the jasper walls. The glory of heaven is in Christ. He is the center of heaven. He is the sunlight of heaven. He is the thing that we want most. Not all the things that come with him. Himself. And then we get all of this other added on top of it. And we get purpose. Our life becomes meaningful and purposeful when we come to Christ. He gives us a message and a testimony. And he makes something out of us that we're nothing. And he gives us a family. He adopts us into his family. And now we become family. And you love me. You didn't know me. You wouldn't 
wouldn't have loved me outside of Christ, but now you who are from Lincoln County and from all over different places where you grew up that live here now and, and myself that grew up in Philadelphia who our paths may have never crossed because of Christ, we are family and I love you and you love me and why do I have your love? Because of Christ. Brothers and sisters, all of this comes as part of being the, in the kingdom of heaven. It's like a treasure that's worth more than everything that you have. It is more valuable than everything because when we inherit Christ, we inherit the one that everything belongs to and we inherit himself as well. So we get everything and Christ as well. He is worth more than everything that we have. But there's one other way as we look at this parable that the kingdom of heaven is like this treasure and that the kingdom of heaven is like this pearl. And it's one that, that we don't like as much. It doesn't sound as good, but I think if you'll listen to the full explanation, you'll understand it well. Point three, the kingdom of heaven is costly. The kingdom of heaven, like the treasure and like the pearl, the kingdom of heaven is costly. Now, don't get valuable and costly mixed up here, right? Point two, the kingdom of heaven is valuable. Point three, the kingdom of heaven is costly. Well, what's the difference? Now, I'm not an economics teacher, but I know this. Everything has a value, and everything has a cost, and sometimes those things don't line up. Brother Shane gave us a very clear picture of that this morning. There was a box with a diamond ring that's worth a lot more than $100. So the value of it, was well over $100, but the cost of it at the time, nobody took, thankfully for Lee, was only $100. The value was greater than the cost. Sometimes we see things, and the value is less than the cost. Somebody says, listen, I'll sell you this house and this land for $100,000, and it's only worth $50,000. And in that case, the value is not worth the cost. But when we look at the kingdom of heaven, we see a reflection of this treasure and a reflection of this pearl. What do they tell us? Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Y'all see where this is going? Are y'all following me here? This is the part where we start to get excited, I think. This is good. The kingdom of heaven is like this treasure. When he found the treasure and said, I have to go sell everything that I have to get this? No. He joyfully says, I'll get rid of everything that I have to buy this field so that I can get this treasure. Let's imagine, just to give you a number, because sometimes numbers help. Let's imagine this man knows that all of his assets, everything that he has is worth $10,000. Inflation has happened since then. That was valuable in this day and time. This man has $10,000 worth of stuff. And that's what the field is going to cost him is $10,000. And he could say, I can't believe that I have to sell everything that I have to buy this field that costs $10,000. But instead, he opens up this chest. Because I'm imagining the treasure's in a chest because that's what treasure's in, right? And he opens this chest and he says, but there's $50,000 worth of gold in this chest. So am I sad about selling $10,000 worth of stuff to get a field 
and a chest that's worth at least $50,000? No, I wouldn't be sad about that. I wouldn't be sad at all. And he's not either. He's joyful. He's excited about it. And the kingdom of God is the same way. There is a cost to being a child of God. I'll be clear about that. Sometimes we skip over that. There is a cost to being a child of God. Jesus makes it clear. He says, listen, the world is going to hate you, but know that they hated me first. He tells us that. He tells us that as one of his children that we are expected to take up our cross daily and to die to ourselves and to follow him. That's part of the cost that we take on whenever we become part of the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, we will be persecuted by people. We will be hated by people. You will be left out of things by people and friends and family. Many bad things, worldly things, will happen if you are a child of God, if you're part of the kingdom. It will cost something. It is costly. But what I'm trying to tell you and what Jesus is telling us through this parable is that the cost is much lower than the value. You will pay something, but it won't be worth near what you get in return. Yes, you may be left out of something. Yes, you may be persecuted, but you remember all the things we listed just a minute ago that we get? Is eternal life and being part of God's kingdom and being his child and having purpose and family and love and peace and hope not worth some uncomfortable times for a short period while we're on this earth? I think that it is. And I know that sometimes it sounds, it sounds very strange to say that being part of the kingdom of heaven is costly because we always talk about how it's free, right? It's free. Grace by grace faith being part of the kingdom is free and so i don't want you to mix those things up this morning because yes being part of god's kingdom simply means coming to jesus christ and responding in faith i'm not telling you this morning that you have to do all of those acts in order to be saved but what i'm telling you is that when you realize who he is and when you realize how perfect his word and his teachings are. And when you truly respond to him in faith, you are going to give up some things. Not that these things are required to have faith, but these are things that your faith will require of you. When you have faith in Christ, you are going to be required. You're going to require yourself to give up the sinful habits that you have been living with for a long time. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, that feels very costly because some of us have become very connected to our sinful habits. But when we respond to faith in Christ and when we see his teachings telling us that these things are not good for us, you're going to want to give those things up. Some of the habits, some of the people that you have spent time with, some of the ways that you spend your money are going to change. Some of you are going to lose money because you're going to begin to be honest in your dealings with people and money. And you haven't been in the past. And it's going to cost you that whenever you come to Christ in faith and when you begin to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And some of you, it's going to hurt really bad because you're going to give up your pride to be humble. Because you're going to say, it's no longer about me, it's about him. And that's a hard thing for some of us to say. That it's not about me anymore that I'm not the king of the show anymore, that he is. That's hard, and it's costly. 
But when we respond in faith, we understand that he is the one that deserves the glory and that I'm not. It costs many things. But the value is so much greater than the cost. Just like the treasure in this field and just like this pearl where the men were willing to sell everything that they had in order to purchase it. Again, these things aren't what's required to have faith. These are the things that your faith will require of you. This morning, I want to ask you, do you understand the value of the kingdom of God? I want you to really think about that for a moment. Do you think more about the value of the kingdom or do you think more about the cost of the kingdom? What's it going to cost me? What am I going to have to give up? Because I'm telling you this morning if you realize, because I can stand up here all day and tell you how valuable the kingdom is and how much it means to me to be part of the kingdom. And your mom and dad can tell you all day how valuable it is to them. And your Sunday school teacher can tell you all day how important it is to them to be part of the kingdom. And, and other people can tell you how important it is and how valuable it is to belong to Christ. But until you understand the value, it's not going to make any difference. You have to understand the value. You have to look at the treasure chest yourself and see how much it's worth. You have to come to the point that you realize that on your own, you are broken and you are worthless. That's all of us when we're lost. We're broken and we're worthless. There's nothing in us that Christ should desire us. As lost people, we don't have good things to offer to him. It's not, this is what I can bring to the team, Christ. It's no, he looks at us and says, why would I want you? But instead of looking at us and saying, you broken, worthless, sinful, rebellious person, why would I have you? Instead, he looks and says, you broken, worthless, sinful, rebellious person, I love you. I love you, and I want you to be mine. I want to adopt you as my child and bring you into my family, and I'm willing to give up my very own son in order to purchase you, even though your value is not worth that cost. Brothers and sisters, when you see that, when you see how good God is, and when you with your own eyes see his love for you, then you'll respond in faith to Jesus Christ. Then you'll say, I will joyfully sell everything that I have if I can be part of his kingdom. My question to you this morning is, have you ever come to that place? Have you ever come to the place where you realize that on your own you are nothing and he's the only one that has anything to offer to you? I want to invite you to stand this morning. I know that there are some of you here, there's some of you here that have never responded in faith to Jesus Christ. I pray this morning that you might understand his value and be willing to respond to him. There are some of you here this morning that have just forgotten. If you've been Christian for a long time and life has been busy and you have forgotten what you've had, the treasure that you've had in Jesus Christ, I pray today that you would repent and that you would ask the Lord to help you to never turn away or never forget his value again. I don't know how the Lord's speaking to you or what he's calling you to do, I'm going to invite you to respond to him, praying where you are at these altars. Come and pray with me. Come and make something public if you need to. But you do what the Lord leads you to as Brother Shane leads you to this.
understand.